0: I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our
1: podcast, 52. 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog, with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. Cindy, we're back. Woohoo. Woohoo. Another week of joy and music, and we get to talk.
0: It's my favorite thing.
1: Would you like a dad joke? I'd love a dad joke. To everyone out there suffering from paranoia, just remember you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> you liked my other one.
0: I did. My other one. Where was my other the one? The goldfish one is my yeah. favorite. I
1: have the attention of a goldfish. Seriously, it's been watching me for hours. <laughs>
0: You know, we won a free one at the fair one time.
1: A free goldfish? A free goldfish at the fair, you know. It comes in a bag, like a Ziploc.
0: And then you have to go to the Walmart and spend like $150 to buy its tank. (laughs) So the free goldfish that lived for like five years. Yeah. Because my dad could not tell my kids that it died and he kept replacing it. Yeah, the replaceable goldfish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really like, you know, over the course of time, probably hundreds of dollars. So... (laughs) That is your PSA for today. That's all right.
1: Get your NFT goldfish here, people. Uh, this week, uh, we're looking at um, a couple of songs. And, and this one, I know when we were discussing earlier, this first one, uh, you didn't know that the topic was what it was.
0: I didn't. It was, it was inspired by
1: a much more serious
0: event. Well, did what did you just think
1: uh, it, the, the name of the song is uh, everybody uh, got to go home. Um, and you probably thought it was just the end of the night at the bar.
0: That's exactly what I thought.
1: <laughs> Which means that we were masterful in our uh, burying the lead.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm never a fan of burying the lead. However, um, I think that you're always masterful and it worked like a charm in this song. <laughs>
1: um should we let everybody hear it first and then tell them or i think so well no
0: i don't i think we should tell them because when you tell them what it is
2: it's going to change
0: how they it's going to change how they hear the song okay and if they play it first and then we tell them what it's about they're going to be like well wait and then they're going to be trying to rewind
1: got it okay well um this song uh I wrote uh, with Steve Bogart and Taylor Davis and it was my first day on the job as a writer um, because I'd never actually taken a job (laughs) as a songwriter. I had always just been the guy who writes in your band and I, I, I didn't know that they could be separate jobs for most of my life. You know, I didn't know that you could write songs that other people would play. I thought that you were writing songs because you wanted to make a record. So where are you going to get the songs you have to make them up? Right. Um, and that's how I became a songwriter. So this was my first day and I went in and on my, that morning I woke up and I poured my coffee and I, I took a shower. I felt great. And then I found out that David Bowie had just died and it, it shocked me. It, it kind of broke me apart a little bit. um, and, and, and the announcement was also the announcement of an album that he had made intentionally to release as uh, posthumously after, right. after he died. So there was like a double announcement <laughs> and I was just shocked. I I didn't quite know what to do with that information. Um, I wasn't, I can't say that I was like a massive David Bowie fan, But I I was enough of a fan that, you know, I knew Ziggy Stardust inside and out. And I also watched Labyrinth. Like I went all the way through all of it. Right. Um, And I was, I was heartbroken to hear that he had had cancer for many years and never told anybody that he was battling all of this, except his closest, you know, inside people. And he turned his life into art. It was just unbelievable, so this was this song was written as a goodbye to him, uh, mainly because there was a, there were a lot of things that that man stood for in his music because none of us ever really ever knew him we only knew him through his music and uh it just taught me a lot, so I thought I, I need to write a song for him, <laughs> and this was it.
0: This is your tribute to david Bowie.
1: yeah and, and who would think thats it would sound like this, but here we go. Everybody got to go home.
3: Comes up, I need to lay your burdens down in the arms of the woman
2: you love Everybody gotta go home sometime, everybody gotta go home
3: you love her and you're gonna be faithful forgive yourself for breaking her heart washed in the blood of tennessee whiskey yeah you feel it take away the pain doesn't matter how
2: Gotta
1: And there you have it. Yeah. So what did you think it was about before? You know, have I messed you up now that I've told you <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I listened to it before, you know, I mean, I just took it as face value. I didn't go digging. Um, and yeah. I mean, you write, when I think about Christian Bush, I think about him writing happy, hopeful songs. And and unless something hits me over the head as otherwise, then I'm going to take it as that. And that's how I consumed that music, that piece of music.
1: That makes sense. I mean, we're, it is a very positive take on a very troubling you know event you know you're trying to make sense of of you know somebody suddenly not being there of loss of loss how do you process it and i i guess even happy songs uh, they all have a, a root in the uh, in the the tragedy you know because otherwise you wouldn't you wouldn't know the light for the dark yeah yeah
0: my it's like a Disney movie. <laughs> Bambi's mommy has to die.
1: Oh my gosh! Why do you have to go there? Do I'm gonna have to read more dad jokes just to get your back? <laughs> um, uh, this this song is the first song on Fifty Two uh, of all of them, I believe, and um, and it and it does have this uh, this first collection of songs is a combination of Atlanta and and Nashville
0: with the horns, right, which are a little bit different. It's a,
1: it's a thing, the horns and the background singers and everything. This is all, um, and we'll get into it, uh, as we go on with these podcasts, but definitely on this, this is, um, uh, the Bettys, the black Bettys are singing backgrounds on this. And then this is, um, Travis and Brandon and Benji. Like these are people that are in my world in the, the rhythm section, but the, um, the horn section on this is also Jill Scott's horn section so that's sort of this beautiful horn arrangement stuff is going on all of a sudden but it my wish was that not just this song because it's uh, the way it was inspired but the the whole set of music is this wonderful combination of of two things and two locations and two attitudes on music that have both developed um, into these incredible craftsman versions of themselves, right? And I, I wanted to ask the question, what happens when you squish them together?
0: And this is the product. What did you learn about what happens when you squish them together?
1: Uh, I, I, I learned that it makes record companies nervous because <laughs> um, this music was avoided by most labels for a long time. You know, I had this before we made um, the Sugar Land album bigger. Wow. These recordings were already done. And uh, people were like, wow, that's wonderful. Oh, like everyone loved it, but they could not tell me at all what to do with it.
0: You know, that's super interesting because a couple of years after that, I believe was when Lady and put out their album with horns in it.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember hearing that on the radio going, oh, thank you for being the explorers with the arrows in your butt. <laughs> you know like, because now i can because usually it's jennifer and i are the ones like picking arrowheads out of our asses <laughs> and that now it was lady a i was like oh thank goodness now i can finally do this but um i've just become more and more comfortable with the idea that if you make good music um it'll eventually catch its own time and it'll catch its own fans and As long as you work really hard making it good while you're making it, it's, it's worth it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you all have, like you said, you all have always been brave.
1: Yeah. Well, it's easier to be brave when you write a song, I think, than it is, you get more nervous as you get closer to performing a song or recording a song. But you figure there's an adult somewhere that's going to parent somewhere. That's going to come to you and say, look, I appreciate your, you know, wanting to put, you know, this topic on the, an album, but you know, we're just not going to let that go. And weirdly my life, I, I have had unbelievable support or a very well-protected naivete. One or the other (laughs) I can't decide,
0: you know, both work. (laughs) I accept you accept. So when you sing a song like that that was written from, you know, kind of this place of sorrow and vulnerability, is it hard to sing? Like every time you hear
1: it, every time you sing it, does it take you back there? Sometimes. Some songs are, are, are more intense like that than others. Um, I do have a song that I, I wrote a long time ago that I, I just found, which I always considered my best song ever. It's called medicine, man. And I've just never played it for anybody. Cause it was too personal. Really? <laughs> yeah. Just never played it. Cause I was like, Oh, it's too intense. And I can't even get through the third verse, you know, like, so why bother? <laughs> I'll never be able to perform it without weeping and making a fool out of myself. So, um, but I do think that when you hit on truth, it, 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 it hits you sometimes in a place where as a performer, where you waver, You know, you, it always rings true when it rings true, Yeah. you know, and Jennifer and I do that a lot. The song that we decided to, to pair with everybody got to go home is one of those kinds of songs where, you know, it's the truth is just baked into it in a million ways.
0: I think that I will always remember where I was when I heard Tuesday's broken for the first time. And um, it's easy because I was sitting at my desk at the Tennessean because you all emailed it to me on my computer. (laughs) But I also thought that there was no one else who would have been brave enough to write and record that song. Because in country music, a lot of times, the majority of the time, we have a tendency to avoid hard topics. Um, Because... I don't know, maybe because people are afraid of, you know, stirring the pot, but with Tuesday's broken, I think, uh, everyone can agree,
1: right. You know, well, with that song, we were always trying to, um, be conscious of who we were losing and, 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 and when you listen to it really closely and, and we will here in a second, um, the thing that strikes me about school shootings that's um, more horrible than its own reality is that some people would blame it on something. Do you know what I mean? And and no one can really agree on that there. Like, was it the gun's fault? Is it the hand that held the gun's fault? Is it the person that allowed the gun's fault? Is it the, you know like there's all this stuff that a lot of people put in it and uh, i we uh, there was no way at the time we were writing this um that we could imagine that if we went from that angle that it would be anything but divisive
2: you mm-hmm. know
1: and 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 it was at the time where everybody had already chosen their corner <laughs> like it wasn't like we were ever going to talk <laughs> If right. you, on one side or the other of this kind of discussion, and I think it happens in a lot of discussions, but the one thing that I, that I could really bring forward and, and Jennifer and I talked a lot about this cause we hadn't seen each other in a long time is who we became as parents. Like as a parent, you have a different thing here. You need to be aware of what's happening. You know, people are hurting. And um, w- w- what would happen if you could use your words to ask your kids where it hurts? You know, and 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 is that a way to 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 get the conversation going? Not is that a solution, but uh, is that a way to start a, a dialogue? So when we wrote this song, it was exactly the same way as everybody got to go home. I was excited. I woke up. I was flying to to New York to go write with Jennifer and I was on the airplane and I was on an early flight so that I could make the you know 10 o'clock right or whatever it was and out of Atlanta and I read the newspaper and it was another school shooting It's typical in the days that I write that I uh, pay attention to my inspiration that morning because I do believe, uh, intention works. So mm-hmm. if you, if you say you're going to do this and suddenly, you know, I want to write down all the words in my head for whatever reason, they may be terrible. They may be great. Who knows? But I wrote this down after reading the newspaper, I had to tuck the newspaper back into the the seat in front of me, you know, on the airplane. And I wrote all this down this, um, what do I tell my kid?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, h- how do I explain this?
0: Cause your kids weren't or at least your oldest was in high school at that yeah. point, right?
1: Yeah, I mean it was we were right in the middle of it, and I was like, I just don't know what to tell him. And uh, when I, when Jennifer and I started writing that day, I was like, she, you know, we we were working on another song, and then she said, "What else did you you thinking about?" And I said, "Well, I've got this, but there's no way we'll ever." put this on a record. Cause they'll never let us. She's like, well, what do you mean? That usually gets her all excited. <laughs> you tell her she can't do something. And, uh, suddenly I told her, I said, here's this problem. I don't know how to explain to my son that there's been another school shooting and that I, and there's nothing I can do about it. And as we got into the topic, we got more and more into it. And I was telling her about Camille being my daughter. And then, you know, like how, how crazy it is to have to, um, have, See, see struggles of 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 young teenage girls looking at Instagram, thinking that this is what they have to be, right? right? And knowing that there was a a huge percentage of 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 suicide that was going on uh, based on this dysmorphia, this this these thoughts that they were having. Um, and so we wrapped it all into a song, is what we did, and. Uh, somewhere between Brandon string parts and, and Jennifer like writing the crap out of the chorus in the song. It became what my wish was, was um, one of my favorite bands, much like David Bowie, uh, were the Boomtown Rats. My brother was a big Boomtown Rats fan, so I got turned on to him. And they had this hit song called I Don't Like Mondays. And it was in the early 80s. And it became a hit across America, which was their biggest hit in America. And I think it was... Solely because on the radio, people love to sing along with, I don't like Mondays. <laughs> because it's the beginning of your work week and it means you're back to the grind. What most most people probably didn't know is that it was about a school shooting. Right. So this was the answer called um, Tuesday's Broken.
0: What was it like trying to tell that story in that song? talking about school shootings talking about you know youth
1: suicide uh, it, the the smartest thing we could do is to use every skill we had to make it the smallest song it could be like keep it simple because emotion is already baked into all this yeah it's it's like walking across ice that is definitely thin and like 75% of the places you're about to step. So step lightly, but keep moving. So here's the song, Tuesday's Broken.
4: Yesterday, it'll rain down Another kid, another school, and another town Think about how to tell my son Think about how that one got a gun There are mysteries down where the blood meets the bone. The loneliness there wouldn't leave him alone. beat up on the wall, the eyes are red and weird, and she wants to end it all, easy to be mean on the screen, cowards call you names, she reads the lies and multiplies the hurt and shame, man it's a numbers game, but there are mysteries.
0: Breathtaking song. And the first time I heard it, I didn't have a preteen daughter who had an Instagram account.
1: Huh. Oh, it's landing a little different today, huh?
0: But I do now.
1: Yeah, the feet up on the wall thing gets you. right Oh, it does. Because, totally...
0: I mean, I think I wiped footprints off her wall on Saturday.
1: Yeah. You know, it's an she... image you know if you're a parent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like. Mm. Absolutely. And my
0: son is nine. Yeah. And I, I kept Nerf guns out of the house for the first nine years, right. but he got one for his birthday.
1: Uh, and, um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a heavy thing. And, and, uh, you know, music has this kind of cool magic to it where you can do heavy lifts. Right. It's like, you can, you cannot have many muscles and a song can help you lift something off the ground. Um, and I, I guess that's what the first song I was doing the, with everybody got to go home. I was really trying to find another way through this. Like, Oh my God, David Bowie died. Right. H- how do we, how do we use music to, uh, to walk through that kind of thing. Right. Um, and then this does the same thing. Like, like you, uh, the news outside has affected me. It has come into my body. <laughs> yeah, and this is how I have to express it to find a way through it.
0: But I think the magic of that song is—is is it's also helping parents think about how. They should talk to their kids. You know, how do you how do you address those things?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if this is a PSA, I would say absolutely. If you're a parent, get used to talking to your kids. And even if it's just like it is uh typically in, in my world until recently, but um when you're driving them around, they are facing forward. They don't have to look at you, right? They're especially in the car in the in seat next to you. There's a certain level of comfort that, that in protection, it gives them to say something they wouldn't say if they were looking at you. So you can get a little bit more out of them. If you'll use that, that, that car time, that, 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 uh, windshield time where you're staring out the front together <laughs> to, you know, if you're if you're sick of listening to Christian's fifty two podcast and or his record, then you can talk with your kids. Talk to a, your kids yeah, exactly in, in a way that um, ask them questions. You know, you don't have to be their best friend, but most times uh, they they tell you you are. As a parent, you stop asking the question right before the one you should ask.
2: Hmm.
1: There you go. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Well, I I would say this, you know. uh, Your kids are your thing. This is your job. You're the parent. Work hard at it. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. But the only way that you can get through any of that stuff is just keep talking about it. And if for some reason you can't talk about it, use music to do it. Like, put on something that in, that that's going to make the conversation go a certain way. Say, did you hear that in that song about blah, blah, blah? Did you, like, use them as tools. Um, I do. Jeez, I use them as Band-Aids. I use them as, like, life preservers. I use songs for everything. <laughs> you can use mine. You can use anybody's. <laughs> yeah, just take the phone
0: out of their hands and make them listen.
1: Oh, no. Well, I guess that wraps up this episode. It does. I'm glad we, I'm glad we got to talk about all that. And I'm glad we got to um, connect all those dots. I am too. I,
0: I really think that that Tuesdays broken is one of the most important songs that we've had in country music in a very long time. And you know, and everybody's got to go home is just something that we can all relate to.
1: Well, yeah, it seems like a, a nice giant Irish wake. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, and sometimes maybe it's just, you know, I, there was a bar that I started playing music in, in in Atlanta and Eddie would always say, if you don't live here, if you don't sleep here or if you don't sleep, oh, if you don't work here, you don't sleep or sleep with somebody who works here, you have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the other, everybody got to go home. Yeah. It's just, it's just a great uh, frame for like, you know. It's two sides of everything. Every hello's got a goodbye. Every goodbye's got a hello. I love it. So how about that music? Uh (laughs) All right. We'll see everybody next time. Hey, everybody. Christian Bush here. Cindy Watts. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening, and please join us next week.